Hello, and thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church of DeRitter, Louisiana, recorded at our 10 o'clock service on Sunday, September 9th, 2018. Our text for the day comes from Hebrews, the 10th chapter, verses 19 through 31, which are as follows. Today's scripture is from the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verses 19 through 31. Therefore, my friends, since we have confidence to enter the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest in the house of God, let us approach with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who has promised is faithful. And let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. For if we willingly persist in sin after having received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a fearful prospect of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. Anyone who has violated the law of Moses dies without mercy on the testimony of one or two witnesses. How much worse punishment do you think will be deserved by those who have rejected the Son of God, profaned the blood of the covenant, and by which they were sanctified and outraged the Spirit of grace? For we know the one who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Today actually begins a three-week series that some of you helped me think about. Yes, this is an idea that came from more than one of y'all. And it came one day, I remember, first at a men's prayer break, where the men of the church gather on the first Monday of the month these days at McDonald's, 7 o'clock in the morning, uh, anywhere from 4 to 8 to 10 of us. And we solve all the world's problems while enjoying our McDonald's. And we enjoy that big old plate of food, and then we have to go to the doctor to get our blood pressure medicine refilled. You know, I don't know if there's any cause and effect there, but you look at it, and one of these days, somebody brought up the idea, I'm old school. They were talking about themselves, and I was like, yeah, me too. I got this look like, huh? You ain't old enough to have had an old school mentality. But as we were talking about old school, It was this idea that we should go back to the old school mentality and go back to the old school when it came to how we do things in the world and how we do things in church. 
And it was after one of these morning breakfasts that I came back to the office and I was doing some reading about John Wesley and I was reminded that John Wesley had three simple rules for his united societies, his, uh, his movement, if you will, outside of the church. Wesley never had any intention of starting a separate Christian denomination, but the Methodists were a renewal group within the Church of England. And Wesley had a great organization for how the Methodists were to gather in this place and how we were to behave. And you can distill those three simple rules for the people in his societies to do no harm, do good, and stay in love with God. And we're going to look at those three things, and one of each of those, in the next three weeks. And before we get to the scripture lesson for the day, I want to read to you, and I have it right here, Wesley's Rules of Our United Societies, the groups of Methodists that would gather together for prayer and study. He says, it is therefore expected, and Wesley wrote these in 1738-1739, it is therefore expected of all who continue therein that they should continue to evidence their desire of salvation first, by doing no harm, by avoiding evil of every kind, especially that which is most generally practiced, such as taking the name of God in vain, the profaning of the day of the Lord, either by doing ordinary work therein or by buying and selling, drunkenness, buying or selling spirituous liquors or drinking them, unless in case of extreme necessity. We were to avoid slaveholding, the buying and selling of slaves. The giving or taking of things on usury, that is, unlawful interest. Wesley told his people they should not engage in uncharitable or unprofitable conversation. He also advised us that doing no harm meant doing to, not doing to others as we would not they should do unto us told us to stay away from doing what we know is not for the glory of God. Taught us about the putting on of gold and costly apparel, the taking of such diversions as cannot be used in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the singing those songs or reading those books which do not tend to the knowledge or love of God. We should avoid softness, and needless self-indulgence. Oh, here's a good one. We should avoid laying up treasure on earth. And we should enjoy, we should avoid borrowing without a probability of paying or taking up goods without a probability of paying for them. As I was talking over this message with Erin, she said, that reminds me of Anna's Llama Llama books. Because there comes a point in the Lama Lama book where Lama hangs his head and Anna would say, uh-oh, uh-oh. Wesley just laid out there some stuff, folks, that if you and I are honest with each other, we're not doing. 
But yet that's part of what it means to be an old school Methodist. Is to do those, to not do those things. And if we're honest with ourselves, we know we have a ton of work to do to come up to being old school in this way. And you look at that list of doing no harm. Some of it's easy. Like avoiding, well, not shouldn't say easy, easy concepts such as avoiding drunkenness. The idea of, you know, not doing what we know is not for the glory of God. But then there's some stuff in there that, I don't know, may cause us to go, uh-oh. This whole idea of profaning the day of the Lord, either by doing ordinary work therein or by buying and selling. And that can be paraphrased as, if you're bragging about working seven days a week, stop it. It's not biblical. It's not Christian. It's not who we are. Uh-oh, he says. Hmm. Laying up treasure on earth. Hmm. We look at those things and you go, well, that may be a nice list for Wesley. That may be a nice list of some things not to do, and I did not read them all either. But you go, is that really that big a deal? Now we read as Howard read in Hebrews 10, and Howard, if you want to make another living, I would recommend reading books on tape, Howard, because you have a great voice, an absolute great voice. And you see in this list, since we have confidence to enter the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us approach with a true heart and full conscience, a full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. One of the ways that we can live, dear brothers and sisters, and the first thing we want to point out from today's text is that we are called not only to do no harm, but we have been prepared to live a life where we do no harm because we have been given the grace of God through the blood of Jesus Christ. Our hearts have been made clean and pure by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Because we also are people who have waded through the waters of baptism. It talks about our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. The writer of Hebrews, I think, is putting it on us again to realize that Jesus Christ is not an entertainment. And life with Jesus Christ is not a one-time thing. And life with Jesus Christ is not something where we can say, I punched my ticket, now I can go and do whatever I want because Jesus loves me. No, the writer of Hebrews is saying to the church then, and as we eavesdrop on that conversation today, we are reminded that Jesus Christ has made it to where you and I can live as we are called to live and the onus on us as we look at being old school today is asking ourselves, 
are we consciously aware of? And do we constantly stay in tune with the idea of reveling in the cleansing blood and the cleansing water of Jesus Christ? Or do we want Christ there when he's just when we need him, but not when we've got everything under control? Part of the way that we avoid doing no harm to others and doing no harm to ourselves is focusing on Jesus Christ and Christ alone. The question we must ask ourselves this morning, as we seek to live as God has called us to live, is have we really allowed Christ to continue cleansing our hearts and cleansing our lives? Are we living in such a way where it is no longer we who live, but it is Christ who lives within us? Writer of Hebrews goes on and says, Let us consider how to provoke one another to love and to good deeds, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. One of the things you will learn about John Wesley, if you read him a lot, is that this idea of meeting regularly meant a lot. If you didn't show up three weeks for, you know, for a Methodist society, you were kind of shown the door. And some would go, oh gosh, that's harsh. And yet Wesley knew it wasn't meant to be harsh. But it was a reminder that it is biblical for us to consider how to provoke one another to good love and good deeds and not neglecting to meet one another, meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. We cannot consider ourselves old school Christians or old school Methodists if we do not participate regularly and consistently in the worship the worshiping life and in the studying life of the church. Part of being an old school Christian and an old school Methodist is being in worship and being in Sunday school or, and or a Bible study and or a small group. And part of the reason why we're called to do that, part of the reason why the writer of Hebrews says, let us meet together regularly, is because it is awful hard to live as a disciple of Christ. And it is hard to live as a disciple of Christ because we get distracted so easily. We get distracted from within, and we get distracted from without. And when we allow people to invest in us, and we invest in others, and we provoke one another to good deeds, and we remind each other to stay in check, that is when we are able to live out the life to which God has called us in Christ. As you notice, those two things are back to back. Let us provoke one another to love and good deeds, and let us, reject, let us not neglect to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. So we've discovered already that part of living a life of doing no harm is being conscious of the fact that Christ's blood 
and his water cleanses us and makes us whole and allows us to approach God with a true heart and full assurance of faith. And we've discovered that part of living a life where we do no harm is being sure that we are meeting with one another so that we can provoke one another to love and good deeds. But then he goes on and he says, if we willfully persist in sin, after having received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a fearful prospect for judgment. Part of doing no harm, a part of living up to the Wesleyan ideal of doing no harm is not just actively seeking as we did in points one and two, not just actively seeking to bathe in the blood and the water of Christ so that we may be pure, and not just being active by meeting with one another and provoking one another, but the third part of it is being mindful that part of that is not only what we do, but what we do not do. And we do not willfully persist in sin. willfully persist in sin. We must ask ourselves honestly, and sometimes it's hard to look to the inward parts. It is hard for us to take a true inventory of ourselves, which is one of the reasons why we need to have others to hold us accountable. But willfully persisting in sin separates us from God it separates us from one another, and it leads to the deterioration of our souls. It leads to the deterioration of our families. It leads to the deterioration of our church. It leads to, our de- to the deterioration of our community and of our world. How many times do we have to see it again and again where good people of faith allow themselves to be so wrapped up in anger and in bitterness and in rage, knowing full well that harboring those feelings are not godly, but are us willfully sinning. Finally, he says, how much worse punishment do you think will be deserved by those who have spurned the Son of God, profaned the blood of the covenant by which they were sanctified, and outraged the Spirit of grace? How much worse? Are there any of us in the room that really think we set out to profane the blood of the covenant by which we were made clean by God. We should never question one's motives, but we can definitely question one's actions. And we can do that most effectively and most honestly 
what we look first within ourselves. In Scripture, we do read, and it's funny he mentions it, that, for we know the one who said, vengeance is mine, I will repay. Let us remember that that is God's work and not ours. Let us be people who live in such a way that we do no harm. Let us remember Wesley's words. It is therefore expected of all who continue therein that they should continue to evidence their desire of salvation. First, by doing no harm, by avoiding evil of every kind, especially that which is most generally practiced. Let us be people who consciously, willingly, and joyfully seek to do no harm. And let us do it for the sake of ourselves, those we love, the institutions we love, the community we love, the country we love, the world in which we live, but most of all, let us do it because that is who God has made us to be, his faithful disciples. Thank you for listening to this podcast from First United Methodist Church of DeRitter, Louisiana. For more information about our ministries, please visit fumcderitter.org or find us on Facebook. Thank you and have a blessed day.